Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Uh, let's start reading with uh, verse number 12, chapter 5, book of Romans. If we could stand and honor God's word. <clears throat> Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is a figure of him that is to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God, the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to the condemnation, but the free gift of many offenses unto justification." For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of a gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, I am humbled this morning uh, to stand behind the sacred desk. Uh, Lord, what a privilege it is. But Lord, knowing that the text that is before us, Lord, I am not capable of preaching it. Lord, I, I don't have the mind. I don't have the ability. Um, Lord, I need your spirit to come and open the minds of all of us that we might receive your word, that we might understand it. Uh, Lord, that we might not say anything, Lord, that is not in accordance with your word. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would speak to the hearts of all that are listening this morning, Lord. Um, we pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm just going to go ahead and admit it to you guys. This is tough, okay? Uh, I have wrestled with this. I have studied this. I have looked up multiple, multiple commentaries and looked up what preachers thought about it and everything. This is some tough stuff. So let me just kind of give you, I remember this from back when I was a kid, uh, but let me just give you a, a few thoughts uh, on this, what we just read. I remember thinking this when I was a little boy. I remember the preachers telling me things and I thought, 
what does what one man did thousands and thousands of years ago, how does that make me guilty? Have <laughs> you ever thought about that? I mean, you come to church, you don't know anything about church, and they tell you that one man thousands of years ago that you don't even know did something wrong, and because of that, you're going to hell. How does that make sense? And then I did never understand why they said a man came and a perfect man came and he died on a cross. If you believe him, you don't have to go to hell. I, that, that, that was hard for me to grasp. Um, so what does one man doing something make all of us sinners and one man doing something righteous make all of us uh, uh, righteous that will accept him? Uh, that, that was difficult to discern, difficult to understand. <clears throat> we also have in this text, which we're going to try and dive into all of this, we have the, the statement that death reigned. What in the world does that mean, death reigned? And then we have to ask the question, what is the law good for? Is the law good for anything? It, 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 is, it is here in the text said, stated that it is given, but it does, does it, uh, what is it good for? So it would seem to me that we have been learning for, for a long time now. Um, first three chapters, it, it basically said that all men are sinners. We covered that. We get to chapter four, it says that we're all, we can be justified by Jesus Christ. It would seem, in, in my humble opinion, it would seem to me, starting in verse number 12, that Paul is, is trying to bring some clarity, some explanation to everything that has preceded it. Uh, it starts out in verse 12 uh, with wherefore. So it would seem he's going back and saying, okay, I've already said everybody's a sinner. Let me explain why. And I've said you can go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. Let me explain why. And it would seem that this is, and I know as we read this, we say, well, the way it's worded, it's really, really complicated and really difficult. And, and here's what made it a little difficult for me. Uh, scholars, the really intelligent people, they don't agree. Some think this means one thing. Some thinks it means another. That leaves me in the fun place of, of what does it mean? Uh, what does it mean from God? But I'm going to give it to you as simple as I can this morning. I'm going to go through these verses. I'm going to give it as simple to you as I can. And I want to get this. You know, I can come across, I can come across and give you some uh, deep, profound thought. And all of you walk out of here saying, I have no clue what he said. <laughs> right? That's not my goal. My goal is, is to make this so simple that everyone here will understand it. And so that's what I'm going to do, try and do this morning. So as we, as we dive into this, if you guys will just help me work with this, as we dive into this, uh, I'm going to do my best to try to explain to you what I believe that it means. <clears throat> it says that uh, by one man's sin entered into the world. Now, everybody here knows that. If you've been to, if you've been to school, Sunday school, you know that one man sinned. Adam, Eve, Eve took of the fruit, and then she gave it to Adam. By one man sinned, uh, the whole entire human race was plunged into sin. Now, God told Adam, the day that you eat of it, you will die. Right? All, all the kids know this stuff, right? You guys, you guys join the kids, okay? The day that you eat of it, you will die. Now, here's what we know. Adam was, Adam was placed in paradise. He had a perfect body. He had a perfect wife. He had a perfect environment. And Adam would have lived forever. Adam would still be alive today. He would have lived forever. And in all intents and purposes, it would have been heaven here on earth. Uh, that's what was started. But God said, if you don't obey me, you will die. You, are you with me? So it says here, one man sinned, and because of that, death came in. 
But then it says, so death passed upon all men. So, Sister Georgia, you are guilty because of what Adam did. And you can say, well, well and, then, and then I've heard people say this, well, maybe Adam was a bad representative. If I had been there, I wouldn't have done that. You know, that's not true. <laughs> Adam is just, is just, you know, mankind would have fallen. It doesn't matter who would have been there. But we're all plunged into sin because of what one man did. And because of that, all of us are, are, are under death because of what he did. Now, verse uh, number 13 is, is a little difficult, and uh, it's a whole lot difficult. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Let's try and do that verse, and then we'll go on. This is, this is difficult stuff, okay? I'm going to do my best, okay? I want, have you ever thought about the fact, now this is, the Bible, this is what the Bible records. I wasn't there. This is what the Bible records. Have you ever thought about this? This is kind of staggering. Adam and Eve are placed in the garden. They know nothing. As far as we know from the Word of God, God gave them one command. Don't eat of that tree. That's all. There, there was no thou shalt not. There was no don't commit adultery. There was no don't kill. There was, there was nothing except for don't eat of that fruit. They ate of that fruit and they were separated by God. Now, they, the Bible records nothing. There was no other commands given to Adam and Eve. There were no other commands given. And so this is what the Bible records from Adam and Eve from that day that he said don't eat of the fruit until Moses went up on Mount Sinai. There was no commandments given. Have you ever thought about that? It's kind of staggering. So we have people living all of those years, but there was no commands. There was no do this, don't do that. There, there was nothing. But it would seem, though there were no commands given, I want you to think about this. When Cain killed Abel, did God say, well, that's okay, I didn't tell you not to. No, he was guilty. When Noah, when God looked over the whole earth and he said, oh, their hearts or minds are continually evil uh, and, and he destroyed the earth, did God say because the whole planet went evil, I'll overlook it because they didn't know any better? He destroyed the whole planet. When Sodom and Gomorrah got caught up in per perversion and homosexuality and all of those evil, wicked things, did God say, well, I have not yet commanded them, so I won't hold it against them? No, he rained down fire and brimstone on them, Right. So you ask yourself this question, God, you never told us, but yet we're guilty. Now, this is, this is deep stuff. I'm trying to make it simple. But we go back in Romans chapter 1, which we've already studied, and we've already learned. Does it not tell us that if you don't have a Bible and if you don't have anything else, there's something inside of you tells you that there's things wrong? You know, you can take, you can go to the, over to Africa where there's no school and there's no education and there's no, just someone living in a, in a, in, in the jungle and there's something inside of them that says it's wrong to take someone else's things. There's something inside them that says it's wrong to take someone else's wife. There's something inside them that says it's wrong to kill another person. You say, well, did they teach of the Bible? There's something written inside of us. So these people from Adam until Moses were guilty uh, because of the conscience they had, not because of a written law. But here's the thing. It says, so what does this text mean? In verse 14, it says, nevertheless, 
death reigned from Adam to Moses. So they had no commands. The law had not been given. There was no Bible. There was, no, there was nothing. The whole time of Abraham and all the time of the, the patriarchs, the 12 uh, uh, tribes, and everything that they went through, there was no Bible. There was no commands. There, there was, uh, but it says that death still reigned. What does that mean? Well, here's what I believe it means. God said, today you take the fruit of that tree, you will die. Everyone since that day, how many people since the day that Adam ate of that fruit, how many people until today have not died? Who knows the answer? One. All right? One person hasn't died. That was, that was in it because God took him. My, what is the point? Every person since Adam and Eve until today has died. You know what that says? That says we are under the condemnation of sin because death is reigning over us even though we did not have a law to tell us so. And then what does it mean when it says even over them? I hope you're not bored, but this is difficult stuff. I'm trying to get it out and then we'll get to the, the, the points. <clears throat> even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions. What does that mean? So if they did not have any commands except for don't eat of the tree, see, Adam blatantly disobeyed what God said. God said, don't eat of that tree. He went and ate of that tree. Blatant disobedience. The other ones didn't do that. They didn't have a command. They didn't have God said, don't do this. I'm going to do it anyway. There was only what was written in their heart. They still sinned, but they did not sin the way Adam did because Adam sinned a direct disobedience to the law, the, the word of God that God had given him. So, so all of us, our, uh, now it says, and this is, I don't know that I can even explain this, but let me just, so I'm not just completely skipping over it. You'll say he didn't know what that meant, so he skipped it. Well, that's pretty much true. Uh, but in verse 13, it says, sin is not imputed when there is no law. Whew. I'm going to let Miguel come up and explain that to you because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's, so it would seem that death reigned over the whole human race. Everybody died. Everyone since Adam and Eve until today, everyone dies. Uh, it, death is reigning. So that proves that sin is upon us. Uh, but it also says when there was no law, sin was not imputed where there is no law. Now I'm just going to give you a guess. Am I allowed to guess? Because I don't really know. It would seem to me that those people who did not have the commands will probably be held to a far different standard than those who do have the law. Does that, does that make any sense? So if you sinned before the law, you still died. Now, we know that there's only one way to get to heaven, right? Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you were born, you know, if you were Adam and Eve's first descendants or if you, you know, anytime, that you, everyone, there's only one way to get to heaven, that's Jesus Christ. So those who died between Adam and Moses still have to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And when Jesus went back into the tomb and preached to them, that's when they would have accepted him as Savior. But it would seem that there will be a difference between those that had the law and those that did not have the law because those who had the law then more clearly understood right and wrong. <clears throat> so we move on. We move on. It says all of humanity is, if you will, condemned by sin because of what Adam did. But then the good news is all can be righteous because of what Jesus did. 
right? So it's bad news that we all become sinners because of Adam, but it's good news we can all become righteous because of Jesus. And I, it seems that Paul here is explaining, some of the commentaries said that, that uh, Paul here addressing particularly the Jews would have had no, one, no problem convincing them that all of them were sinners because of Adam. That was something that was real easy. Everyone understood it. Everybody believed it. Uh, I, I thought yesterday we learned uh, that this, this world is broken, right? This is a broken world. And this is what I thought when they taught us that. You don't have any trouble... Listen, you can talk for about two seconds to anybody on the street and teach them that this is a broken world. Who's going to argue with you that this world's not broken? Who's going to argue with you and say There's, everything's fine? There's nothing wrong with this world. Listen, nobody's going to say that. Everybody. So uh, um, Paul is arguing here and saying everybody here sees Adam caused all this sin. That was well known. Now he's trying to get them over to, but Jesus can take all that away. And so that was kind of the argument Paul was, was, was fighting for here. And then as we go down, I want to try and get this and we'll, we'll get into the points. It speaks about, we already talked about that before the law came, there, there, was, uh, there was that not having a commandment. But we drop down to verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Huh. The law didn't come. To make things better, it made things worse. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. Where sin abound, grace much more abound. And sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. So here's, here's what we got to see. There was no law. There was no commands. There was nothing. Still guilty. Uh, maybe a different guilty, but still guilty. The law came, and it was dropped down to Moses, and now we have, if you will, the Old Testament, the right and wrongs, the Ten Commandments, all the things we should do. Now everyone can know what God says. What was the purpose of that? I heard one uh, commentator say, and I thought this was, was really quite insightful. He said, some people thought when, that, when the law came down from Moses, they looked at that as a ladder to climb up to God. Okay, I can't kill anybody. I can't commit adultery. I can't have any other gods. I can't, you know, I've got, I got to do all these things. If I do this, I can climb the ladder back up to God where Adam was at. Do you know that was never given to be a ladder? That was given to condemn us. That was given to show us we are wrong. And, and I thought, uh, and, and then they said after they get to the top of that ladder, they realize they're not getting where they want to go. It's not leaned up against the right thing, right, when they got to the top of that ladder. So, but today in, 2020, in 2021, we're still facing that same thing. There are still people who think the way you climb up that ladder is by living a good life, and that will get you to righteousness. But Paul said, no, no, no. The law came to condemn you and show you were wrong, so you would know I need Jesus. And that's what this is all about. So, so what, what the law did was, is it opened our eyes more clearly to sin. Paul said a little later on, um, maybe chapter 9 or something, he says, I would not have known uh, covetousness if the law had not said, uh, spoke about lust. Uh, and and it, it says that it, it opens our eyes. So now people who were sinning could have their eyes wide open, not so they could say, oh, I'll do better, so they could say, I really need someone to get me out of this mess I'm in. And that's Jesus. All right. So that was my feeble attempt to explain some very difficult subjects. So let me, let me give you a very simple way to understand it. You say, well, I'm bored 
plumb out of my mind up until this point. Well, let's hang on. Maybe it'll get a little bit better now. <clears throat> First point, I only had two points. That's a, that's a, a broken rule to only have two points, but that's all I got this morning. Make it as simple as I possibly can. So Adam's son. So here is the way I'm going to, to give you this scripture this morning. The Bible says, I believe back in Genesis, it says, all mankind came from Eve. Adam and Eve is the parents of everybody that's here. Okay? Every last person. And by the way, this is my theory on race, uh, and, and this is what the Bible says about race. Do you know how many races there are? There's one race. If you are black, if you are brown, if you are red, if you're yellow, black, or white, as the, as the song says, if you're any nationality or anything, you know what? We're all family. We come from the same mom and dad. We're all the same race. And the only reason there's different color skins and different languages and all that, we, we know we go back to the Tower of Babel and all that, and, and, and at the Creation Museum, their theory is that, that a lot of that just came from how, how many, the climate that you were in, what color changed your skin. But we're all one race, so we, we don't get to say, I don't like this race. There's one race. It's the human race. So Adam and Eve is our mom and dad. Everybody's mom and dad. When they sinned, their nature became corrupt. When they had Cain and Abel, their nature was corrupt. When they had kids, their nature was corrupt. And right on down the line until we got Brother Terry. Right? Right on down the line. Every, every, every generation is just passed on corruption, corruption, corruption. So if you were born of a woman, raise your hand if you were born of a woman. Was you born of a woman? If you, was born, you were born a sinner. That's what the Bible, and it's because it was passed on through to you. By the way, that's why Jesus was not a sinner, because he was not born of the seed of man. He had a, he had a, a, a virgin mother. So he did not have that seed passed on him. But all of the rest of us got here the same way. We got here through sin. And I got sin from my father, and he got sin from his father, and he got sin from his father, all the way back to Adam. So it was imputed to us. Now we say things like human nature. Do you know you can go, you can go to Asia, you can go to China, you can go to Africa, you can go to South America, you can go any place, you can go to the rich, you can go to the poor. But you know all humans have things in common. Do you know all humans, says Georgie, can you tell me, all humans from the time they're born are very selfish. Have you ever seen any kids that say, no, you can have my toy, I don't care. <laughs> have you ever seen a kid do that? Our, our wonderful kids we have in this church, are they just like, oh, I just want what they want. Just let them have their way. Listen, we're all selfish. Have you any seen any 40-year-olds who weren't selfish? Any 60-year-olds who weren't selfish? Listen, we're all selfish. It's a human trait. We all want what we want. There is a fear of death on all of us. Let me let you on the side. Do you know horses are not afraid to die? They don't sit around wondering, oh, much longer do I got to, I'm scared of death, I'm going to die. They're not afraid of it. Go look at the monkeys. They're not afraid of it. Go look at the elephants. But you know what? We're all afraid of it. You know why? It's human nature. And we go on and on, but I think it's the point. We all have things in common no matter who we are. So nature was passed on to us, and in that nature was sin, and we all have it. So we're all condemned because we have that, that sin was passed on. So Adam's descendants are all sinful. So our nature is corrupt. 
Everyone that is born one time has a sinful nature. Now, it says that death reigned, and we've already covered this a little bit, but, but we know that Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, and, and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the wages of sin is death. So we see that death, uh, the, the evidence that we're under sin is that, that death is reigning. We're all dying. Listen, if you can live to be a thousand years old and you never die, we might convince us that you don't have sin. But if, you're, if you die, we know you have sin. Because you were under, the, you were under the, the death of the, the consequences of sin. James 1, 14, 15, it says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It's the consequence of sin. Sin causes uh, of death. So, so we see that, that Adam's descendants have similarities, they have things in common, we all are corrupt, we all sin, we all have that sin nature, we are sons of God, or sons of Adam. Does this make sense everybody? Is everybody getting this? Now Jesus comes, and he is the perfect man. He has no sin, he's not born of the seed of man, he is a different Adam, is what the Bible calls him. He is a second Adam. Now, I think if, as complicated as that text was, as complicated as everything was to do with, I, I want to make this just real, real simple. Everybody here was born to Adam. Everyone here is a sinner. Jesus Christ came, and he said, what did he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. The first time didn't work, people. We got to do it again. And if you've only been born once, you will die and go to hell because you had inherited the nature of Adam. If you want to go to heaven, you have to be born the second time to get rid of that nature and, and, and take on the nature of Jesus Christ. Now, once we uh, accept Jesus Christ and we are born again, and that word, that word born again, maybe people are like, what in the world does that mean? But I think that's a very, very accurate description of what we have. Literally, we were born wrong and we need to be born again and be born right. Does that make sense? That, that is literally what it says. We were born wrong the first time. The second time we need to be born, so we'll be born right. Now, as we were born the, the second time, guess what happens to me when I got born again? See, when I was born uh, um, as, a little, as a baby, I, I was born to sin. My father was a sinner. But when I come up here and give my heart to Jesus Christ, I got a new father. And he's sinless. He didn't have any sin. When I came up here and gave my heart to Jesus and was born again, I not only got a new father, but I got a new family. The family I now, the family I used to belong to, they were, they were corrupt and they were sinful. The family I now belong to, they are justified and they are righteous. Is anybody following this? So I am no longer in that family. I am in this family. Now, how precious is it, just as a little side note, how precious is it when your old family joins you in your new family? Amen? Isn't that precious? So now you can be double family because um, I, I, my old family that was corrupt uh, is now my new family in uh, Jesus Christ. But we literally have to be born right because we were born wrong. And we have a new father. We have a new um, family, 
We get a new nature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Man being in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, I know we have talked many times that we still have that human nature. We talked about body, soul, and spirit. I still struggle with the, my flesh, but I have a new nature. I have a new nature. I'm not the same person. And, and, and what the Bible literally teaches is, if you are a son of Adam, you have no choice but to sin because you're in bondage to it. When you become a son of God, you now can live a holy life because you have a new nature. And you can overcome that old nature uh, by sanctification. Now, how good is this? Not only do I get a new father, not only do I get a new family, not only do I get a new nature, but I may look up here, look up here, look up here. You guys are going to say, but listen to me. And I am no longer going to die. Listen to me. Gary will never, ever die. When they call you and say, Gary has passed away, don't you believe it because I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever. When you come up here and see me laying before you, don't say, oh, he died. No, he did not die. He's still alive. He will never die. Death no longer reigns. I will live forever. Think about that. So if you're a descendant of, of Adam, you will die. And you will die forever and ever and ever and ever uh, in eternal death. But if you were a child of Jesus Christ, a descendant of Jesus Christ, you will never, ever, ever die. Sooner or later, i got to get rid of this old house I'm living in. It's like a lot of other houses. The older it gets, the more things it needs done to it, right? I'm living in this old house, but someday I will get rid of this old house. But listen, this isn't me. You guys have never seen me. You guys have never seen me. And this, this, this bald-headed fat man, you see, he, that's not me, okay? I'm going to get rid of him, and you won't see him anymore. When I get to heaven, I, I know I'll have hair, and I'll be skinny, right? I, th th I'm not going to have this, right? But, but, but seriously, I will lay down this, but that is not me dying. That's just me getting rid of what's holding me back right now. I'll live forever. And so will everybody here that is saved. So if we really boil this text down as, as difficult and complicated as it is, and if we had lost here this morning, or if you're talking to lost, it's really as simple as just what we learned yesterday. There was a perfect world. Now we live in a broken world. The way to get back to the perfect world is Jesus. That's simple. Who can't understand that? Who can't? I'm, I'm pretty sure that I could get Callan to understand that. Uh, or, or Juliet. Kari, maybe. <laughs> but listen, that's not complicated. That's salvation. Chrissy said she was overwhelmed by um, the gospel. Don't we sometimes try to make it so complex that no one can understand it? Just make it so deep and so profound and so intellectual and so, you know, all these things. It is simple, people. It is simple. If you've been born one time, you can go to hell. You're going to die forever. If you receive Jesus and are born again, you're going to live forever. That's simple. So one last question i got to ask, and we'll, we'll close this thing down. What do we do... When descendants of Jesus act like descendants of Adam. <laughs> Woman is smiling at me right now. <laughs> what do we do when descendants of Jesus who have been born again act like descendants of Adam? Does that happen? It does. Should it ever happen? It should never happen. And we could, we could preach for a long time on that, and I won't take the time to do that. But, but do you realize what a blessing it is? I was thinking about that song, got up that song. Um, 
I'm a royal descendant of the king from Jerusalem. Now, none of us here are, are rich or royalty, I'm assuming, but if I were literally the descendant of some great nation, I'd probably act a little bit different because now I'm important. Is anybody getting this? I'm a son of God. It don't get any higher than that. I, I, I am royalty. I am, I am of the priesthood. I, I am the son of the king of kings and the lord of lords. And I'd act like it. I had to hold his name up high and realize I am representing Jesus Christ everywhere I go. I don't want anyone to look down on this kingdom because he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.